parables are, are powerful. The kingdom of God is unpacked through the parables Jesus talks about. He has the secrets that have been hidden from the very beginning of time packed into these parables. And we often, because we're from different cultures, different whatevers, different whatever, and maybe we've read the Bible or been to Sunday school, sometimes we hear the story and we go, we nod and we go, yeah, that's a nice one. But it's the secrets in there that have been hidden from the very beginning of time, right in those parables. And it would be remiss of us not to let that transform our life. And so we've, we've done a couple of parables, and they've been wonderful. It's been quite impactful. It's been really good. But what I wanted to do today was I wanted to almost demonstrably sh- show how two parables in particular have transformed my life. Exactly how they came about, how I read them, how the, how it, and how I opened, found myself in a position where God transformed my life. It's actually... Over top of that, the two parables that started this church. So it's a bit personal, and I and I, re- I reflect that I've been I've been um I've been sharing a lot more of my personal st- story, which is fine. That's what preachers are supposed to do, I guess. But um, more than usual in the last this year. But then I but I'm challenged to do so. I feel a bit cringy when I do so. That's just my own soul getting oh, it's embarrassing. But I know that there's power in testimony and story, so I just need to get over myself and share with you. Um, and also, if you're at home in this church, then I kind of feel like you need to, it's good for you to hear the stories. It's your home. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to share some stories with you. Um, it's the two parables, and because, like I said, it was gonna, it's pretty much, I'm not going to share both parables. I'll, I'll probably have to do the first one, which is a shame because the second one's awesome. This message is about the power of the Word of God. It's about the power of parable, but it's about the power of the Word of God. It came about this whole thing. I, didn't, I wasn't walking around carrying that the story of this church started with two parables. That wasn't even in the front of my mind until I was at Connect Group the other week. If you're not in a Connect Group, you should find yourself in a Connect Group. We were just we were sitting around. We had, I go to the Exercise Fitness Connect Group. And we just were super fit and... We do cool stuff. But um, on this particular day, it was really cold and wet, so we didn't. And uh, we wanted to, I wanted to, but everyone else was like, not, and I'm like, whatever. So, <laughs> so we're sitting around, and instead we, um, instead we were going through the parables. And, and in Connect Group, we like to go through the parable of that week at church or the, the message. But one thing sort of led to another, and we found ourselves moving into just this parable, and then that parable, and what was God saying about that parable? It was a really cool conversation, and it hit me in that discussion that we just talked about two parables that are so deep in my, the fabric of my DNA, and why were they? And then I traced it, and I said, holy guys, these are the two parables that started this church, and that's what I want to unpack with you. I want to share that with you. I also want to share this with you because as, as I said, I don't want anything be, to be left to chance. I don't want, I don't want us to go through the, me, the, the moments of church where we go, that was a nice message, I don't know how to apply it, because this message is all about how this was applied. This is how to apply the Word of God in your life. This is why I also think it's really important. Are you listening then? Are you really listening? This part one of the story is the parable that got the church planted in Edinburgh. 
The second part is the parable that got the church planted in Edinburgh. Does that make sense? This is what got the church planted in Edinburgh, this church. I want to share it with you. Um, some, some background, though, is um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm from Australia in a city in Australia called Canberra, and maybe you've heard this story. I share this, all of my stories, so you might have heard it, but this is going to come from a different lens. Morag, you went to Canberra recently. Morag's from Scotland, and just about four weeks ago or less, three weeks ago or less or something, you were in Australia at the President's Conference in Sydney, and you had a chance to go to Canberra. Um, it's a lovely city. It's a lovely city, isn't it? It's lovely. Um, some people at my workplace, I work for the NHS full-time, some people at my workplace, um, when they hear my bit of the story and they, they, talk, they, they hear about Australia and they, they, they visit, they go, what, what are you doing in, in Scotland? They, they say, they say um, my boss said, no, what you're, what's happening is you're having an early midlife crisis. That's what brought you over here. And I'm like, no, no, no. And there's, there's another inference. There's an inference that sometimes you're not living in a great place in your life and, and you want to move out of that place to have a fresh start somewhere. And that's not without it. You know, that's fine if people do that. That's, sometimes that's what you need to do. But that's not what this story is about for Lisa and I. See, at, in Canberra, we, I, 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 Lisa and I had... Um, some quite well-paying jobs. Um, Lisa was, um, had a very well-paying job, and, and so financially we were comfortable. We were quite comfortable, and, and we had this beautiful home. We had the home. I want to tell you about the home. Um, we had this beautiful home, and, um, and we had one beautiful home, and then one day through, we, had, we do first seed here where we're giving to, to eventually get this building that we're all going to permanently be in, first seed. We had a similar thing in Australia, and over five years, Lisa and I invested, as, uh, on the top of our tithes and offerings, we invested into this because we believe in the church, and we gave what we felt God had to give. Uh, anyway, the last dollar of the last offering of our pledge um, was a day that Lisa stumbled upon a, a house, not for her, it was supposed to be for somebody else, but it was the dream house that she'd always dreamt of. Like, legitimately, in the part of town she'd always dreamt of, the big windows, the big backyard, the front yard, the veranda, the tree-lined streets, the, the everything, the, the house that she, in her heart, would see herself retiring in. And she'd walk through the very street in this suburb called Watson, and she had said, this is the place I want to retire. So when she saw that house, it was like the miracle house. It was the last penny of the last thing of the last offering, and then it appeared, and we shouldn't have been able to get it, but we could get it, and we gave that to God. We, we testified that the Lord had opened this up. We weren't even looking for a house, but everything lined up. But that was the house we sold to get over here. We, we... The picture I'm painting is a life that we weren't running from, a life that we enjoyed. We had our social people around us. I was, we were in ministry. I was, in, I was you know, on staff at a church, the church there as a young adult and youth and kids pastor, and it was flourishing ministry. Miles, you remember those days? They were, the um, church is growing, and it was exciting, and it was healthy. The, the, paint, paint, the picture I'm painting for you is that there's nothing to run from. There was nothing uh, escaping. There was no midlife crisis. Things were okay. And the question you might have in your head is, well, why would you why would you go? Which is good. That's the question I want you to have because that's the right question right now. Why would we go if we were thriving where we were? That's the question for this story. What happened was sometime in 2010 or maybe a bit before, Lisa's not here to date correct me, 
um, a seed landed in our hearts. Turn with me to Luke 8, 5 to 15. It says this, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he scattered the seed, some fell among the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants, and still other good seed, seed fell on good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop, a hundred times more than what was sown. And when he said this, he called out, which is interesting, actually, that he didn't say it. It says he, he called out. He called out, he who has ears, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant, and he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables that through seeing they may not see, through hearing they may not understand. And this is what is meant by the parable. The seed of the, is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts so that they, they may not believe or be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy and hear it, but they don't have any root. They believe for a while, but at the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns, we're up to the thorns, stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil falls on those with a noble and good heart. And here's the three points here. The who hear the word, say hear. They retain the word, say retain. And, they, and by persevering, say persevering. Oh, that's poignant. They produce a crop. And this parable is so important. And I want to come back to the story because I talked to, I got, we all got up to the part where the seed of a church is just landed in our heart. But let me pause there for a moment to make this point for you. Because there's something you need to realize. So watch this. I'm going to say something outlandish. You will never go off track in your walk with Jesus if you carry this parable in your heart. You will never go off track in your walk with Jesus if you carry this parable in your heart. There's two things on this. The first is this. This parable speaks to your life in Christ. It's, it's His offer. The seed that he's, he's talking about is His offer, the gospel, of a life in Him. A complete forgiveness of your sins, an entire removal of your guilt, miraculous healing for your brokenness, and a future that He's in store for you. And that seed is the same for every member of humanity. Yet the parable isn't, isn't about the seed, it's about the soil. The seed is good, but the soil can be different. The same seed doesn't produce the same results in this parable. And is it because of the seed? Is the seed faulty? The answer is no. The soil change makes a difference. The effectiveness and the fruitfulness, the fruitful fulfillment of the seed is significantly reliant on the soil it lands on. Now, pause there. If that isn't proof of your father's, um, your father's reckless love that he'd give you free choice, you, that you get to choose something, I don't know what it is. That's amazing. Amazing. 
I want to pose something to you that maybe you haven't thought about. You've got a lot going on in your life. You've got a lot going on. You've got a lot going on. Can I pose to you that your heart is I want to, it's like a garden. Can I pose to you this to you? That your, you might look at your, lens, your heart today through the lens, through an ecological lens. Look at it like a garden. Look at it like a, look at it like that. Your heart condition, your internal world might look like this. You look down and you wonder why you've got weeds growing in areas and, and your, your fruit trees seem to struggle. And then you wonder why sometimes some things grow at different rates at different times and what's going on in there. Can I post to you that if you looked at it ecologically, you'd be mindful to consider what you water and when you water it, what you ignore and why you ignore it. If you just looked at your heart like a garden, is my point. What if your heart was like soil? And and, and that will challenge you. That will challenge you to think, whatever I water will grow. Whatever I don't water won't grow. See, and and here's another thing about gardens. I've got a garden in my back garden. I'll tell you what I don't have to do to get weeds to grow. I, I, I don't have to do anything and weeds will grow. By default, don't go to my garden today, but by default... Weeds will grow. They don't need any encouragement. But if I want what I want to want to grow, if I want an outcome of a beautiful garden with the flowers and the trees and the whatever, I have to do stuff. And I have a choice in that. My question to you out of this parable, firstly, is understand that you have a choice of tending your, tending your heart. You, you, by doing nothing, you'll grow weeds. You, you know in your own life what the weeds of your world are. I'll tell you how to make them bigger. Just do nothing. I'll tell you how to to grow what you need to grow. Do something. That's the first thing. And it speaks firstly, the parable is about what you do with Jesus today. Church, what do you do with Jesus today? Where do you put the seed of what he's done for you in your life? Do you put it in the, yeah, I've heard that before? Do you put it in the, uh, yeah, maybe? Where do you put it today? Here's the second thing about this point is it's not only just translated to what you do with Jesus at the end of your days, but what about what you do with the Word of God today, all of the words of God today? What do you do with the Word that I'm preaching right now out of Scripture? What do you do with that? See, again, look at my face. It's all about choice. You have a choice. And sometimes I think this way, and this is a message to budding preachers. If you're thinking about you've got a voice to preach Jesus in your life, you might preach well sometimes. So I preach well sometimes, I think. Sometimes it's variable, but generally it's pretty okay. I can be funny sometimes. I can be poignant. Sometimes the messages are deep. Sometimes they're inspirational. Um, sometimes they have class. Sometimes maybe they don't. I don't even know. But, but, but as a preacher, I need to understand that all of this is sawdust if it's not got seed in it, the Word of God. If I'm not preaching the Word of God, I don't know what I'm doing. But it flips to you as well as you hear the word, right? Because, because there's critics all over the world. Every time I pick up a bottle of wine and look on the back, a wine critic has already given me the judgment of what this wine's like. Or I'm going to go, I want to go see a movie later. And, but there's critics of movies and there's critics of music. There's critics everywhere and they're trying to tell you all the things that you are and all the things that you aren't. But understand that you have a choice of where you position your heart with the word of God. 
You know what I mean? You have a decision. So, so some people will critique and they'll say, yeah, but that preacher preached this too long and I reckon he should have done that a bit more and, and all of that. But I would just say, you can get hungry for what you're hungry for when you're hungry for the Word of God. You'll receive when you're hungry. Sometimes it's less about what's on the menu and more about your level of hunger. Let's work on our garden. This parable speaks about what you do with Jesus, and it also speaks about what you do with the Word of God every day. You have a choice. It's like, okay, cool, we're hearing about the parable of the seeds today, and, and it's seed itself. It's like, do I say, yeah, yeah, I've heard this before. This is, yeah, I've read this, I've read this before. That's shallow. That's, that's on the path. Any truth in it, any ex- trans... trans um, formational, that's the word, transformational moments are, are snatched away because you haven't even taken it in. Or maybe you've taken it and you've had a shallow acceptance of it. You've gone, this is a good word. This is for me. This is amazing. This is talking into my future. This is cool. But then you'll go home and you'll look in the mirror and those old sort of record player version of who you say you that you are goes round and round in circles, and, you, and you, you pretty soon, you don't let it get roots. You go, it's not really me. Or your friend will say, I'm going to do this, and your friend will say, not you. They'll laugh at you. Or maybe, or maybe it's choked out. Maybe you receive this thing, the seeds. I've got to put this into my life. I'm receiving this, God. I really am receiving it. But then on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, you sort of, you got busy. You, you, you have a full-time job. You get home late. You've got to go to the gym. That's why I love having Aspen here because he goes, you know, I've just, you know, you, you do all kinds of things all over the time. And, and pretty soon that thing that you said you were going to do and act on the Word of God gets relegated to one of your to-do list items, the kinds of ones that you keep sort of putting back to the top, but it keeps sinking down. It never gets fruitful. And then you say, I've tried the Word of God and I've done all this stuff, but nothing happened. I tried, but it didn't really it's been choked out of the fruit. Or maybe you grab it. You say, it's for me. Lord, I'm listening. I'm really listening. Let me say this again. You'll never go off track in your walk with Jesus if you carry this parable in your heart. And this is why. Because when you live your life fully aware that the seed that you've got in your hand in the Word of God was never meant for anything else than its full expression and its full fullness in your life, and then you also realize that you have an influence on how it goes by where you put it, you'll hold the Word of God in a different light and you'll hold the way you relate to it in a different light. See, here, my, my heart's desire, I don't know about yours, my heart's desire is to stand before the Lord from this season to the next season and all the way to the end of my life and have Him pleased that when he gave me his word, I acted on it and I, and I positioned my heart to receive it well and I gave it the priority and honour it deserved. Conversely, I don't want it to be said on those days at the end of my season, man, I could have done more with eternal hindsight, but I either gobbled it up, it got gobbled up or it got withered down or it got choked up. I didn't steward it well. And now let me bring me back to the planning of this church and what this parable meant to me. And then, like I said, I'm going to miss out on the whole second one altogether because we're running out of time together. In fact, I might grab somebody to help play, but I think Struan might be downstairs, so he will psychically hear this and come up shortly. Prophetically, we don't do psychic stuff. For me... 
like a seed in my life and Lisa's life, this church landed. We loved where we were. We loved what we were doing, but it wasn't about what we were doing and our contentment in that. It was about something that hit us, about a church that the Lord had in mind to start. It was a seed, and we had different things we could do about it. But just like we heard in the parable, when I got you to repeat it, those who hear, those who retain, and those who persevere, we heard the Word in our hearts, quietly in our secret places with the Lord. We heard it, but we didn't shut it down. We didn't laugh it off, and so it wasn't eaten. But more than that, we retained it. Man, I'll tell you, we've got a lot of naysayers. We've got people whom we love in our family, our family in Australia, who uh, don't get what we're doing and never, until Jesus reaches their hearts and lives, they, they won't. Um, they are our one, most great champions in some areas of our life and our biggest critics in other areas of our life. They have no idea we get this drama. But we if we allowed them to speak and didn't retain what we knew the Lord had said, we wouldn't be here. But rather, like the parable, it taught us to hold on to it, not listen to the naysayers around us, not listen to those who are closest to us, not listening to it, especially in church. This is for you, especially the narratives in your own head. Sometimes you won't need a naysayer. <laughs> You've got enough nay in your own head. We didn't let our own naysayers dictate our future. We let the Word of God dictate our future in this area. And so the seed grew roots, deep roots, when it wasn't in rocky soil. And then thirdly, we persevered. The Word didn't, we didn't relegate this, this concept that was slowly stirring in us that God had a church to plant. We didn't, we didn't relegate that to one of the other things. It's so easy in a comfort zone to do that, isn't it? It's so easy when you're comfortable to say, oh, yeah, yeah, if it's the God thing, it'll happen. It'll just, no, 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 we couldn't afford to. We had to persevere with that. We had to go to our pastor and say, pastor, I think we've got a thing. And she said, I've long thought that. I think you're right. I'm going to have to do that. And then we had, to, we had to start collecting our belongings and valuing them and seeing the journey. That, and then we had to start selling some stuff. And then we had to start getting a plan together. And then we had to start visit. We had to visit Edinburgh. And then we had to say, this is insane. Are we really going to do this? Well, if we've got it in our hand and we're not giving it up and we're going to retain it, we're not going to listen to the naysayers, we're going to persevere with it. We're going to cross the line because the Lord is with us. We persevered. We put it above the miracle home I spoke about. We, we, gave it, we, we put it above the double income. We, we put it above our social community that we love there. We put it above the far south coast of Australia, which pretty gorgeous. We put it above these kinds of things. And here we are. Here we are. Here Lisa and I are. That's just my story. That's just one of my stories. But I want to tell you that when you decide what you will do with yours, with your story, something will break off your life. See, here you've got to decide what you do with what God is saying in your life. You need to decide what the Word of God is doing with you even this morning. And my commission to you, church, my commission to you is to do likewise. Do something good with the seed. Do something good with the seed. By the way, I shouldn't say this because I'm running out of time. I don't want to open up a whole new thing, but it's, this is, that's important. This is important. By the way, 
this means if you're going to do with what the Word of God, if you're going to use the Word of God in this way like a seed, it means there are people here who need to move from a season of flipping open the Bible culture when you're in crisis, get emergency seed, and start living a life where you're living and breathing and diligently, strategically consuming so that you can obey what's at the other end of that. Live in a way that's the other end of that. Fully obey God, church. Fully obey God and you will see His Word grow fully in your life. If you wanted something to write down, a summary of summaries of this message as I close, fully obey God and you will see His Word grow fully in your life.